Hi, good morning, and welcome to today's episode of Ask Ellie Intuitive Insights and Your Questions Answered. If you're joining me for the first time today, my name is Ellie Molina. I'm an intuitive, an international intuitive with clients from over 38 countries in the world. I'm an author of an Amazon bestseller, which is known as Children Who Know How to Know. It is a resource guide for adults and educators and anyone really who wants to teach themselves and their children or anyone else how to access, develop, and trust their own powerful intuitive abilities. I am also a psychic and then the hostess of this podcast cast, among other things. And I'm the creator of a program known as the Kids Academy. And this is where I work with children and adults to teach them how to powerfully tap in, access, and develop their own intuitive abilities. And you can learn more about my work on my website, which is at www.elliemolina.com. And so Today, before I introduce my guest to you, I'd like to talk just a little bit about some astrological aspects that are coming up in the next week. So we have just had a new moon on the 28th of this month, and I just looking away for a few seconds so that I can read this accurately. So this was a really beautiful moon as but and not but. But yeah, but okay, Jupiter went retrograde. And so what does that mean for us? Well, depending on what house Jupiter is in, in your particular astrological chart, this is where the retrograde will affect it more so. So you really want to go talk to an astrologer or learn to do your own chart. So many wonderful materials where you can learn how to do your own chart and get information on that. So just know that with Jupiter retrograde, things will slow down a little bit in the fortuitous area, wherever that is for you. But here's my take on this. This is all a belief. So if you're going to believe that Jupiter is slowing down, hey, well, then Jupiter is slowing down. If you believe that this has zero effect on you, well, guess what? It will have zero effect on you. And we're going to talk a little bit more about these things today when I bring on my guest, uh, Dominic Zeldin, who is just fabulous. And I'm so excited to start to meet with him and talk to him and ask tons of questions. But just a little bit more astrology for you. Um, on today, which is August 3rd, Mercury enters Virgo. So things are going to be pretty fast paced for the next couple of weeks. And we may tend, tendency doesn't mean it's true. We may tend to want to look at things and do them and redo them so that there is perfection. And, you know, there is no such thing as perfection. As we all know, perfection is also another way of procrastination, which is fear. Just do it. Okay. No one's going to be looking at it the way that you're looking at it. And so without further ado, let me introduce my guest to you today, Dominic J. Zelton. And I am so excited to have him here. And um, I'm just going to take a deep breath right now and then let Dominic into the Zoom room so that we can begin our session today. 
Hey, everybody, look who I have brought onto the podcast today. It is Dominic J. Zeldin. And Dominic, guess what he works as? Take a look at the background. If you're on the YouTube, you'll see that he works as an aura photographic profiler, and he's been doing this since 2000. His unique insights have helped people all over the world understand themselves, their abilities, and their life better. Dominic says that the aura tells him more about a person than the person could ever tell him themselves. So each color photograph is a time capsule that captures the energy, frequency, and color of the person. Dominic has a worldwide podcast, Twisted and Misunderstood, that is heard in 90 countries. And just FYI, you do want to get on that podcast. It is amazing. He is a wealth of knowledge. He's also an expert on everything paranormal and writes his own monthly column in several spiritual publications. So Dominic's website is mynd.site.org, and there will be links to that in the podcast and when we're done, so you'll have access to Dominic. But Dominic, hi, 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 and welcome. We have so much to talk about. I am so super excited to have you here. Hello, Ellen. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to be you know, able to communicate. And I promise to get your name right. And it's Ellie, not Ellen. It's so Ellie. I, prom I promise. That's all right. As long as you get my aura right. Okay. So anyway, the first thing that I want to dive right into is, can you tell our listeners and even viewers a little bit about um, auric readings, you know, like when they call you and clients come to you and they ask you for an auric reading, uh, can you tell them a little bit about what happens? Cause I know not everybody, not everybody, believe it or not, not everybody's familiar with auras or what they are and how we see them. No. And, and why would you be? Because it's one of those things that unless you've come across someone like me on your travels or bumped into someone like me talking about this, it's a part of us that we tend to neglect. And what you would do if you came to see someone like myself is you would send me a photograph. And the first thing that I have from anybody is a picture of who they are. In that photograph, which I would love it to be a long, full-length color, up-to-date picture, I take a look at that. And in that photograph, you have all your colors, your frequencies. They're all captured. And because I've been working with auras for such a long time, I know the meanings of those colors. I know where they should be. I know the combinations of colors. I know the frequencies. And I know what they relate to in the person. So if you're somebody that doesn't like to talk, if you sent me a color photograph of yourself, I could probably tell you more about you than you would tell me about you yourself. So yeah. it's all about being able to pick out. Now, the aura is very easy for me. I've been seeing colors and frequencies since I was a young boy. Mm -hmm. I'm now 60 years old, just about. I know I don't look it, but I'm about 60. Ellen. And when you start to actually take the aura together, what you notice very first thing is it has three layers. It has the outer layer which is normally orange or a shade of orange, which is the hard shell. 
That's the protective part of our body's aura. Then the center bit, the middle bit, is the emotions and the communication skills of a person. And they normally come through in blues and yellows and greens. And then you've got the inner aura, which is the health and nutrition of a person. And they're normally very bright green, depending on the person's fitness and you know what they eat and how they go about their daily routines, the sleep patterns. So we go into a very deep um, mm. profile of a person where every aspect is covered and we sort of try and knit them together. So we're picking out where somebody has potential, where somebody has realized their potential and probably where somebody might want to improve on their nutrition levels or their patterns, their body patterns, you know, their, the way that they do things. We can all pick it out from that photograph. And the nice thing about a photograph is that I can have a look at an updated one. So you can send me one this week, then next week you can send me an updated photograph and I can see if you've improved any of your levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, and as that's so fascinating because um, I remember back in the day when, um, help me pronounce it, Carillion photography? Carillion? Yes, um, yes. How do I say that? No, you say Carillion, which is absolutely what you've said. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Real Double good, spot on. Yeah. So when I remember the first time that I I went with one of my friends and we had it done and the this was way back in the day and she had this big purple aura all around her and the man interpreted it and said, oh, you know, you're uh, you're very you're very spiritual. You're a goddess. You're this, you're that, yada, yada, blah, blah. And (laughs) then um, I was pretty green. okay, And so it was like, oh. (laughs) I was looking very green over there. And then he just said to me, oh, you have, he didn't say very much. He just said, oh, you have um, murky energy and you have a lot of stuff going on. Um, And that was, that was, and I was like, you know, I couldn't help comparing. Okay, here's my friend and she's all spiritual and high, uh, high and and I'm over here murky and and cloudy. It was like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and, okay, fair enough. That's his opinion. Um, The the thing that I would say, have you ever heard of Barnum statements? Have you ever heard of Barnum statements? They are statements that people use to actually cover a lot of fields. So I could say to you, you're very murky, you're very green, and you're a little bit this, a little bit that. And it's almost like they're so open, they cover all the bases. And that's what, yeah, and that's what that guy was obviously doing. Um, And also the photography itself. Well, I've seen the pictures. I, I, you know, I come across people all the time that tell me of examples of the pictures. And they seem to be very different to what I've always seen. I look at, I've seen people's auras, you know, I was six when I started to understand the energy and I used to call people by colors and days of the week by colors and everything was by color. And because I've been seeing it for such a long time, when I look at one of those photographs, I think, no, there's a little bit of a lens in there that reflects the light that makes this aura happen. It's not a true indication of who the person is, because yeah. if it was a true indication, you would see the three levels. You would right. see the three, okay. the three areas and the, I mean, and people believe in them and that's absolutely fine. I'm not here to actually say anything disrespectful against anybody that does, uh, you know, good, go and enjoy having that done, but there's a more detailed way of doing it, how I do it. Absolutely. Especially when you have, you know, it's one thing to have the photography done 
Uh, it's kind of like going to a tarot reader and having a card spread, or when you're with somebody one-on-one who has this, I call it perception, yes. the vision, the ability, you know, let's call it the gift. Okay. So, you know, obviously from everything that I've read and talking to you, you have an ability, an amazing ability, uncanny for most people to really be able to perceive humans through color and then to yeah. see the auras and then understand what you're looking at, which is something else. Um, again, you know, being able to understand the information. Um, yeah. Do you want to share anything just like, just kind of, all right, this is kind of silly, but I'm going to ask oh. anyway. Um, when you, when you know, it's just, you know, curiosity kind of thing when you have read for people, um, of prominence or something, do you ever notice anything that really stands out? For example, if, all right, let's say when I'm doing an astrological, I'll just use myself as a reference when I'm doing an astrological chart for some public officials or, or let's call it even celebrities and stars, more glamour people, okay, who are more prestigious, whatever you want to call it, publicly known. There's always something really big in the 10th house, okay, which is the house of fame and fortune. So it always stands out. It's like, oh, I'm not surprised you're an actor. I'm not surprised you're an actress. I'm not surprised you're a uh, a politician. Okay. Cause I, it's in the chart. So now if that's just coincidence or whatnot, who knows, but it's just in the chart. So my question to you is when you're reading for people who have, let's say more public, um, presence, is there a diff- do they share? Okay. I guess the question is, do they share commonality in the auras? No. <laughs> it's a very simple short answer to quite okay, a long question. But, yeah, sorry to be so sort of dis- but let me tell you a little bit about this because I, I find it interesting too. The first thing that I do, um, I never really want to know anything about anybody. So if um, somebody is in the public eye, I ask them first of all to send me a picture of someone that's close to them that I don't know. Because that way they can see where my perception is, the report, they know that it's actually a a profile that's done from a knowledge angle from where I can see. If they're happy with that profile, I will then profile them. Mm -hmm. And everybody is an individual. They all have their own individual areas. Now, when I worked in Harley Street, which is a big medical street in London, I used to do a lot of sports people. And Mm -hmm. the sports people, the one common factor they used to all have, they're all on different types of medication. And I used to pick that up all the time. Some would be known to be on medication and some wouldn't be known. But we were looking at areas of stress, the injuries that playing particular sports, you know, presents to somebody. So like if you play tennis, your shoulder is going to be an area of stress. If you play baseball, the, you know, the shoulder's going to be all the knees. So you're looking at the areas of stress for a person and you're looking at where they're vulnerable to injury. So mm-hmm. there are certain profiles for certain you know, people in certain walks of life where you can see certain stress areas. I mean, I can also take it to another level where we look at things like racehorses and we're looking at a racehorse because they can't talk, but we're actually looking at the areas of stress on a racehorse and to see where they are. And also the interactive part of their relationships they build with their stable staff and their jockeys. Because yeah. when, a, when a horse is happy, it runs faster. When the right energy for the jockey into the horse is there, 
the relationship builds and it feels nicer and you see nicer colors from, you know, much clearer colors from the horse. So we're talking about trying to get the best from the situation. So if I'm talking to a Broadway singer, I'm looking at the voice, the personality, the emotional areas, so they can concentrate on their singing, on their lines. And okay. we're, we're working out their diets and, you know, where their monthly cycles are and what's best time to exercise so they get the best results, those sort of things. So everybody, right away from the very top, you know, the kings and the queens, which I've done, all the way through to the the, the ladies and the gentlemen I meet in the street, they're all got different areas which they want to look at and want to be able to get the very best out of themselves from. That's awesome. It's so fascinating. I can't wait for all the readers or the readers, the listeners. I'm, I'm, I'm a reader. Okay. I can't wait for all the listeners and viewers to contact you and send you their photos and schedule a session with you because it's going to be so insightful and eye-opening, especially to help them with their dreams. You know, like people, so many people have these dreams, you know, this is like, this is like the bulk of my, my work is always like, okay, here's your dream. Let's bring it to fruition. And you, have this ability to then hone in and take a look at oh there are blocks here there's yeah. blocks such specific areas that may not be available to um like even me through a psychic reading okay i see different wow. parts but not not what you're seeing no makes no it's really fascinating to me mm -hmm. the thing that really matters for people a lot of people is how they communicate and how we come across so for instance if i was looking at you i wouldn't look at you i would block your face out i would put my hand over your face and i would look around the outside because what i'm looking at is how you're feeling while you're communicating whether you feel very sure about what you're saying whether you feel a little bit uneasy whether you're comfortable relaxed uh, you know like you are today you're you know really relaxed with me really quickly so you see that very fast in a person when they actually respond to other people. And I'm looking at those situations clearly. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so when people, what I've heard, because I was reading up and reading and listening, <laughs> they'll send you and then you'll write back a report. Do you, and do you also do one-on-one -on -one like this? Like if someone were to call you and get on a zoom and, and say, yeah. Hey, you know, help. Yeah. Yeah, we do that. And, you know, I mean, I've had um, whole families on Zoom in one go, and we we're looking at all the different aspects of the interaction and the dynamics of the family. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's just nice when you look at the parents and the children all together. You can figure right. out quite quite a lot of stuff, you know, just by doing that, or just on a one to one. If someone's feeling a little bit down for and they can't figure out where their purpose is, you know, we all come across these days, don't we, where we just don't feel like we have a purpose or we feel a little bit sort of squashed in where we are. And just talking to those people, we can get them up and motivate them and pick out their areas where they should be concentrating on. So, you know, I mean, Zoom is just an amazing facility nowadays. You know, you can be any anywhere in the world in about you know literally a second can't you it's you're here straight away talking face to face so it's yeah. it's the best time ever for me it really is
It's true. You know, it's just, um, we can, again, it's all perspective, you know, like how we look at the world and how we interpret everything for some people. Zoom is horrible. You know, they have to learn new technology for other people. Zoom, like for yourself, for myself, this opened the world for us. It makes everything so much easier. Um, I am just going to go off a little bit on a tangent because, well, maybe not, you know, (laughs) it's not a tangent. Okay. Because, um, I was listening to, I've been listening to Twisted and Misunderstood. And what I gathered from listening to that is that you and I both share a very similar worldview. So, but we also know that the worldview is very different because we're all unique and individual. So I could say glass and see a Coca-Cola glass and you, I could say glass to you. And I don't know, you'll see a very different glass, but what I wanted to talk to you about was, um, perception, I guess that's part of it. Like perception, like, you know, we can only, I'm looking for words, I'm groping for words, but I will (laughs) tell you one of the things that I learned early on in my career, working um, as a psychic, I had a number of years working as a psychic for California Psychics, which is an online psychic company. I don't know if you're, it's international. And it was back on the phone and we didn't have any information about any of the clients. We just picked up information. And one of the things that I learned during that time was that the quality of the psychic wasn't so much the the person's ability to see, it was the person's ability to interpret what was being shown. And the only way that one can interpret what's being shown is very dependent on one's world knowledge, right? One's knowledge of what and so I was listening to that and I like I was listening to you talk about that also. It's like, well, here's somebody who shares my worldview on this, <laughs> meaning that, you know, I can we can have this this image of something. And if we don't know, we have associations. So we associate it to the thing that we know. So if you're a psychic and you're all your world revolves around watching soap operas or um, TV dramas and then you're you're on a call with the client. Well, your perception is going to be all about. TV drama, because you're not totally. going to have that other aspect. So I want to talk to you about how fascinating this is. So, and then of course, I'm at, you know, the ability to see beyond what we can see because of our worldview and our perceptions. And yes. all right, your turn. Okay. <laughs> you know okay. okay. I know where, I know where you're from. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying to me. And it's so true. We don't know what we don't know. This is mm-hmm. a real clear thing that there's so many things that we need to be introduced to and we need to be able to know when to resonate with that situation. There's also the bit about listening. You know, with auras, with a voice, if I'm just on the phone with somebody, their vibrations of their voice come out in colours. So you can see if they're stressed or whether they're relaxed, whether they're happy, sad, panicky, you know, taking the mickey, whatever you can feel. And I really believe we sense, we resonate of certain frequencies where we know the truth. We feel it. 
We absolutely mm-hmm. feel it. Whether we deny it to ourselves is depending on our circumstances, but we know where the truth is. So when we see the world and we see it presented to us, we either can choose to follow that view that's been presented, or we can go and find our own view of, of what is actually shown. It's a bit like looking at an apple that's been polished. You don't have to always see the apple that's polished, but you have to see the benefit from eating it. So the understanding of knowledge is very clear. And for me, being able to uncover new knowledge, things that we haven't really thought about, things that are bringing into the human consciousness by just sending out those thoughts is so, so vital for us to grow as a race, to become the race of people that can reach the potential of who we are. And as long as we can start to reach that potential, not by being stuck in hearing what we want to hear, you would know this working on telephones and things. People only want to hear what they want to hear. You have to tell them in a very nice way, and then you can give them the bad news. But you can't give them the bad news first because the phone goes down and you don't get paid. So there's a whole (laughs) lot of this that goes on within that sort of industry. But the good thing about it is if you can relate to people by having a wider view and knowing things that they might not have thought about, then your perception starts to grow and their interest tends to peak because straight away they're learning stuff that they're not going to pick up in books because you normally find that there's a circle of knowledge that people repeat and they will repeat the same authors. Some of these authors are really good, really influential, but they'll repeat the same people all the time. And I would always say to people, be somebody who's an instigator, instigate the thoughts don't copy and repeat other people's thoughts because they're not yours. Yeah. Your well, thoughts. Yeah. I have to interrupt, okay, because this is one of the things where um, I have my background is linguistics, all right? So language yes. and, my back, and also ontology, the art of being. This is my background. All the other stuff is just, you know, what I do. And so we, one of the things that I constantly tell even my own clients and my own family is, we are constantly speaking dead people's language. We're using the same phrases, the same terms that people have used hundreds and hundreds of years ago. We're still using language from Shakespeare and even idioms from Shakespeare. And we're perpetuating this, oh, money doesn't, you know, like let's just use these, money doesn't fall from, it's hard to make money, we gotta work hard. I mean, these are really such limited views in reality, of reality. What if we, and this is where I spend a lot of my time, what if we could retrain people to, like you were just saying, to start looking at language as a vehicle to expand consciousness like with the universe constantly expanding itself what if we actually just stopped repeating dead people's conversations and created new like i can see uh, i declare today i see auras now i'm going to start i see auras okay now that i say i see auras well i'm going to start to focus on what would that look like if i actually could see auras all the time without uh, the only way I see auras at this moment in time, Dominic, is if I zone out kind of and I go into that space, <laughs> not something that is there for me. I That's not how I work, okay? Um, no. But my point going back is what if we could start having conversations and become like really, really conscious of what the words are that we are using, the, the limited thinking that we are incorporating subconsciously, unconsciously in our communication with other people ongoingly? What could we po- create in that space 
So we are so on the same level here, Ellie. I mean, I hear cliches all the time. I hear Shakespeare being quoted at me for no particular reason. I hear, you know, Latin in everything that we do. I mean, human language is something that's just evolving, but standing still at the same point. And, you know, I look at spiritualism exactly the same. We're still stuck in the Fox sisters, you know, in the way that they, you know, saw spirit and, you know, back in the days where they used to have seances. We're still using the same methods to teach our psychics how can we still be doing that we need to change that we need to have some new you know methods that are brand new for us to be able to see that the conscious mind is far more than what we actually think it is so this whole perception is limited by the words and Mm -hmm. the words that people use you change your words you change your mind you change your life and it's literally the the affirmations, the affirmatives, the the definites that we need to be, you know, practicing, but also the confidence, the confidence to use what we believe in ourselves. If something comes through to us, use it. Don't discard it because it doesn't feel right. Allow it to be a part of our you know vocabulary and learn that vocabulary so you feel comfortable with it. But don't repeat other phrases. You, you notice it's, it's, it's an advertising man's absolute heaven at the moment, isn't it? Wherever there's a catchphrase, there's a somebody looking at you wanting to buy something off them. And this is the world that we've produced, whereas mm-hmm. the psychic spiritual world is full of thought. It's full of yeah. sentience. It's full of glory. It's full of love. It's not yeah. full of, you know, just stupid little catchphrases that people can use without a moment's thought as a throwaway line. It's yeah. all about much more importance than that. So I love linguistics. We've got a lot in common. And, and you know, thank you. And I do too. And I was, as you were talking about this, you know, the the going back to how they used to do seances back in the 1920s and the late 1800s, you know, so many of our really wonderful masters, you know, just to name names, Neville Goddard, okay, Dr. Joseph Murphy, um, Wallace Waddles, you know, I mean, we can just go on, um, Thomas Trowell, I mean, the names just, you know, Kuei, we can keep going back and back. And here we are with all these masters, and then we have these, these very prominent spiritual gurus, right? Just quoting and re, rehashing everything that has been said before using different words and a different presence, but it's all as if it's coming from their brilliance. And it's not like I'm looking to trash no. anybody. Okay. But, you know, with a little bit of study, a little bit of knowledge, you're going to find that um, they're not saying anything that hasn't been said since the 1800s to the 1920s. And it's just different vocabulary with a different accent and a different persona, but they're just rehashing the conversations that our, that have been presented to us. Okay. Now. Uh, absolutely. Can I just bring in about new knowledge? Because new knowledge is so important to me. There's a whole, I've just done a you know, uh, uh, unscripted, twisted, misunderstood on new knowledge. But I listened to that. That That was literally this morning. I I tend to talk for 30 minutes without a breath and it's just continuous. But the (laughs) the stream of consciousness, if you like, but the, the whole idea of understanding things that are a little bit different is so important. I want people to understand that new knowledge is so precious. That's why we seek it. 
We're not looking at the rehash stuff. You know, you can see everyone recopying things that have been going on for, for years and years, centuries even. But when mm-hmm. you get to the new knowledge stuff, like things like soul-to-soul communication, yeah, mm-hmm. like um, imprints, like, you know, and the fact that there may be a different world to look at, even invisible creatures that can cloak, yeah, things like that. That's where I want to go. I want to go and have a look around where those things stay so I can go and figure out how they do that. And and if they do, how can I find them? So I'm really fascinated by that stuff. That's awesome. And I'm not surprised that we're having this conversation because last night I was a guest on a podcast, um, Sam Tripoli, and we were talking also about something, again, we're talking frequency, right? Because these things repeat themselves. So Sam and I were also talking last night about the unseen and having that new perspective of being able to see the unseen only because we have declared it so, okay? So by you saying to yourself right now in language, you know what, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to see the unseen. I'm going to see things I've never seen before. Now you have, it's like the reticular activating system. You know, we're so locked into seeing what we know to see. What if we start looking for things that we've never seen before? What would that look like? What if we listened for things that we've never heard before? And I don't mean just like people's conversations. I'm talking about like maybe ants communicating with one another. What if we could, you know, <laughs> like just expand our consciousness you know so well we can do that um i'm a big believer in electricity carrying sounds and signals evps electronic voice phenomena if you like and i think that we can pick up those sounds if we listen for them so there are echoes there that we can walk into most people understand things like psychometry you know picking up an object and feeling the the energy from the object and you know for me i teach people to use their feet because the mm. feet are the most sensitive part of the body. And if you take your shoes and socks off and walk into a building, you're going to feel all sorts of things. It's going to be an amazing experience. I've run out of many a castle in England, just in my shoes and socks off <laughs> in my hands, because I wanted to experience what it's like to walk through an energy signature. So um, we have yeah. to have that thought, that thinking, and your friend sounds very apt and very good at this stuff. And I've just been looking at a picture of a film of um, somebody looking for the um, the Bigfoot, you know, Yeti or the abominable snowman. And they reckon it can mask itself or camouflage itself. And one of these um, film footages shows a shadow disappearing. So mm. the shadow is literally an animal that is actually the light's been blocked by the shadow being created. But the whole thing means that you cannot see the animal for the life of us. The animal's there. We can only see the shadow of the animal. And that actually would indicate that there are things like um, how our ancestors um, would actually talk about the green man in the forest, yeah, the invisible man that would just blend into the background. Well, they could well be a reality. There could well be a species of animal that just blends itself into the background and we don't even see them unless we've got the shadows or the thermal technology, which is just coming in with night vision. So mm-hmm. we're starting to build a picture of a world that we didn't see even 20 years ago. All right. And, and 
I totally agree. And now I'm going to just, what if we also, without even all this technology, what if we started to train ourselves to be able to see this? So example, if you remember the movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy, the, um, um, do you remember that film? The, the Kalahari, it was in the Kalahari Desert or something. And the Bushmen, the Bushmen were able to click when they speak, they click. All right. They yes. Yep. Yeah, different language. Yep. So we would not be able to do that. We'd have to be trained for God knows how long. So my my theory is always: what if we took just like a human, right? Just a human being born baby, but rather than give them, you know, we imprint them with what we see, the way that we see the world, our perception. And so, yes. what if we started to teach them if we could do this ourselves different ways of seeing the world you know so that they can mm -hmm. automatically see auras they can automatically see through the physical body into the body i mean i believe that all of this stuff is totally possible that we have the capacity and capability to do this only we have not been it's like we haven't seen that because we haven't taught ourselves how to do that or nobody else taught them how to do that so we don't have that knowledge but i really believe that all of this is so possible we just need to start um and it totally. starts like looking at you know a reticular activating system able to pick up and see things you know oh all of a sudden you know let's go look for ufos now we can see ufos why can we see ufos because now our eyes are focused on paying attention to UFOs, whereas normally we're just not, you know, you don't even see the guy standing next to you because you're not looking because you're somewhere else in your head. Absolutely. So, we could go for a whole lot. I, I do a lot of ufology and talk about alien, aliens and angels and all these things combined together. And your perception limits you. If your perception is actually one of these things do not exist, they will not exist because you're not looking for them. You're not even thinking that they're there. So, yeah, I'm very keen on that stuff. And you can also link it into things like um, reincarnation. Let's, you know, if we could get uh, our children when they're first born to download their memories that they have with them when they're born, can you imagine that we would be able to see that reincarnation was a reality and that lifetimes go on and on, the soul just goes on and the body changes and it would change everything because our perception of living would be a continuous flow, not one of this um, fragmented flows because at the moment we, you know, a lot of people out there will think, well, when you pass, you pass, you might go to the spirit world, you might go and do something else, but they have no perception of what that means. They don't even start to understand what it means. They're more in fear about what is going to happen than the joy of understanding that the soul lives on. So there's a, there's a crazy bit about perception there that if we can teach that and my, my view, my aim really is to teach everyone how to read their own auras because yeah. if you can read your own auras there's no deception in the world is there straight no. away you no. know no one's going to have one over on you because you're going to be able to read their intent before they start so it's just yeah. going to be a world full of love rather than a world full of oh my word do i trust that person right exactly exactly um and i i have a very similar worldview about about that in terms of when we do kinesiology also if we were able to muscle test or not you know like imagine muscle testing a politician or something like that you'd know exactly or even well in your case you get to look at their aura and you can say to everybody oh god stay away run 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 you know um do you know david oates reverse speech no okay. 
right. No, well, but I'll, I'll look him up after the no, show. I'm going, to, I'm going to connect both of you because you two are going to be fabulous together. I will connect you. All right. Just wait for Thank my you. email. All right. Oh, and, um, that's really kind. Thank you. And you two are going to change the world together when you start to work together because you're on the exact same frequency with the same mission. So it's going to be exciting. So I want to see the two of you collaborate. I want to okay. see that. All right. Anyway, <laughs> getting back, getting back to um being able to detect. So basically David is able to do this through speech, through reverse speech. Okay. And so this again, it's revealing truth. It's seeing yes. the truth. You get to see the truth through aura. You get to see who's lying, who's hiding, who's I guess being dishonest, deceiving, conniving, scheming. And so what a wonderful skill. You know, they'll have <laughs> these people, these people will have nowhere to hide. Okay. And so, you know, it would just be so wonderful the world for the world, you know, for our development, for humanity to get us to that next level, to that next frequency of love, you know. Um, I will give you a, a time to talk in a second. One of my sons says to me all the time, you know, mom, you just live in this utopic world where you want everything to be beautiful and love and joy. And it is just not, I said, you know what? Your eyes, that's not what I see. I don't see what you see out there on the street. You know, I walk into New York City, I don't see all the garbage. Okay. I just don't, it's not part of my reticular activating system unless I choose to go look there. I see beauty, I see the architecture, I see people, I see happiness, I see possibility. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, so much to talk about. Well, we could talk all, yeah, all the time, <laughs> wouldn't we? I mean, it's it's gonna be really good. The, the, there's certain things that come to my mind. Um it's it's almost like to um telepathic communication um and things, and you can do hypnosis through telepathic communication. And I did interview an American, um, a New York policeman, New York cop, who was able to project he was someone different to who he actually was. So he would walk around in full uniform, but the people that he was actually around were people that didn't realize he was a policeman. And he used to be arresting drug dealers and criminals. It's quite a long story, but it's an amazing story of this guy who could use um, this teleportation sort of device within his mind to make himself invisible. It's almost like a ninja. He would actually just be totally invisible to the world just because he projected that through thought. So that's one thing that comes into mind with that. And one, I'll share the story. I think it's on Twist and Misunderstood under true crime, but it's a very interesting. Yeah. Have a look at that episode because that's a really interesting episode. But the, but the point is that the mind is far greater than what we realize it to be. And our perception is far greater because you do, you see what you think that you are seeing and the perception of the world is different to how you think it is. And you can walk past the same building all the time. And if you don't look up, one of my principles, look up, you know, keep looking up because you see so much more. People are looking down all the time, mobile phones, um, everything is down. They're teaching us to look down. Look up. You will see the world. You'll see things that you haven't seen you know, all your life and you've been living in the same district all your life and you'll see these different things. There's so much more to see than what we see right now. You know, I just have to share this story with you. It has nothing to do but everything to do. Um my son lives on the Upper West Side and I was getting off the subway the other day and um, I looked up 
And there was the, the building, this really fabulous building. It's on 73rd and 74th on um, Broadway. Okay. And it is, a, you know, I could tell it's, it's art deco. It's kind of Gothic looking. I mean, it's just, it's the real deal. And there was an aura to this. Okay. And you didn't have to, well, okay. I was gonna say you didn't have to be psychic, but you had to have the, the perception to, Feel yes. Building. So it's like, you know, I've passed this building so many times and I've never looked up. I've never really looked at it the way that I'm looking at it today. So I stopped. I took some photos of it. And then I said, this building is intriguing me. It's like really calling to me. It was like, you know, these are the things that one cannot explain, right? I just felt this pull to the building, okay. to the building. Anyway, when I got to my son's house, I looked it up. It's the Ansonia and it is filled with stories and interesting characters and even some hauntings and murders and an espionage and intrigue. It is historically full of stuff. And it was just one of those moments in time. I'm sharing this because I did look up and how many people passed that building and don't see. It was almost, it's going to sound weird. It was as if the building was calling me to like, tell my story, tell my story. So I did, I wrote a little bit of a, you know, Instagram yes. post about it, but I felt this pull, Dominic, to tell the story of the building for some reason. It's all there in the imprints. All the energy yeah. is trapped in there. And if you think of time as a circle rather than a straight line, it's not a linear line. It's a circle. And everything's there for you to access. You know, all yeah. you need to, you know, the doors, you know, just touch the doors with your hands or your feet and walk in there. Just feel it. Everything that's happened in that building is still happening now. And I you know. can walk and you can walk into that. You can explore that and just think of the stories and think of the personalities and the energy and the just the total awareness that you can build into that. And that's just one of probably hundreds of buildings in your local what five, six miles that you right. can walk into. Right. And you know, I mean, I you know, I mean, I know the, the central train station there is is an amazing mm -hmm. place. It's got one of the best ceilings in the world, hasn't it? It's got yeah. a fantastic uh, just think of all the people that have left their energy walking through there. All those people on their way to Broadway, on their way to this, on the just amazing. Mm -hmm. So New York City is one of the world's, I should imagine, time capsules. There's so many stories of time slips in New York. There's so many stories of people that have experienced strange phenomenon because they're out of time. There is so much going on there. And so, and you live right in the center of this place, which I would look at as somewhere where I could probably spend a year and not explore everything. It's just an amazing place. Yeah. Well, we sure really took a road over here from talking about auras. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look, I'm fascinated about everything. That's what the beauty of the world is. It's uh, There's questions and answers everywhere. And the nice thing about auras is it gives me the opportunity to share that with people that may not have actually come across it in the way that I do it personally. But if we get it right, then we can share everything. So we can share the auras, then we can share the time slips and the, the fascination in thought, soul-to-soul um, -soul communication, which I believe is you know, a real brand-new concept that nobody's really talked about very much at all. Those sort of things are the things that I want to talk about. I want to express how exciting it is to be able to do that. And you can't do it if you just stick on one subject, can you? No, you know, I just... 
this two things came to mind um, before we close out. We still we still have time. If you have time, I'm going to go. Sure. Um, I want to talk about telepathy first, and then I want to talk about want to talk about children, and then okay. Uh, but I have a couple of grandchildren right now, and one of my grand, the oldest one, is three and a half years old, and um, he and I are in my world, in my world, he and I are highly telepathic. So example, we were sitting together and he, you know, he was sitting at the table and he came and he sat on my lap, just whatever. Right. And so we're sitting at the table, he's on my lap, we're coloring together. And all of a sudden this thought came into my head, which is this dude needs to go to the bathroom. Okay. He's fast. Okay. He doesn't wear diapers. And like that, this dude needs to go to the bathroom. I didn't right. say anything. And he looks at me and he goes, Nana, I have to go to the bathroom. And I said, of course, all right, I got it. I knew that. But my point was for myself is, well, we just had like this really moment, this real intense moment of telepathic communication. And it wasn't in, you know, people could argue and say, oh, it was in his body language. He was moving. He, uh, You know what? We were just sitting there. I believe we telepathically at that moment, that is my world anyway. So yes. we connected. And then the other day he said something to me that, I had a vision before he was even born. Okay. I had this vision that I was going to, it's kind of personal, but who cares anyway, <laughs> I had this vision that I was going to buy when my grandkids were older, I was going to get a sports car. So right now I have an SUV so that everybody can come in and we all have plenty of room. Okay. But my vision is I'm going to get an SU. I'm going to get a sports car where there's only going to be like room for two, maybe max four people. Right. Meaning the kids are right? like no adults. <laughs> and so besides myself, just I get the kids in the car and we're going to go for a ride. So I'm sitting there with him and he looks at me and again, three and a half or something. He goes, Nana, I'm going to take you for a ride in my Ferrari. OK. And, you know, he's like, OK, dude, you know about Ferraris. That's, you know, and you're three and a half years old, you know, and it's only got two yeah. seats. Are, you know, and I'm like, oh, telepathically, we're connected. You know, <laughs> I might be stretching this, but you know, um, absolutely, no, you're not stretching. Oh, I think we're on the on the same frequency that we tapped into each other's frequency about seeing each other in that sports car together. You know, telepathically, that that is yep. in there in another parallel reality or coming or whatever we'll create when he gets. You know, either yep, I get. Absolutely. The, no, thoughts are things. You pick up thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. and if you're connected on the same frequency, why wouldn't you pick up those thoughts? It wouldn't make sense not to. In fact, if you said to me, I didn't feel it, I would be more shocked than if you said, I did feel it. I'd be like, yes, of course you did, because you're actually in tune with your way of thought. The, the vibrations are there. The frequencies are there. And you're going to do that. You're going to be so in tune with that child. And you're going to be working out what they're going to think and what they're going to say. They're going to get away with nothing when you're around, which is an amazing thing to have, isn't it? He doesn't know this yet. He's got this to learn. But the 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 wonderful thing about all this thought about thought and telekinesis and how we use our mind to, to move objects, pick up you know, thoughts, memories. It's there. It's a capacity we don't use. And as soon as we start to signal examples and understandings of those examples, then we can start to put it into practice. It's like you said, as soon as we start talking that language, 
we will start thinking that language. And as soon as we start thinking the language, we'll start using it in everyday world that we live in. And you've just, you know, just, you know, really nailed the example of what it's like. And there'll be thousands of mothers across New York City all doing that yeah, without even realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. My intention. And yeah. so, you know what, Dominic, um, before we close today, this has been super fascinating. One quick question. Sure. People came to you, let's say we're starting new conversations, new way of being. So now people are coming to you and their mothers, like the ones that come to me where I teach kids to develop their intuitive abilities. How or what would you suggest to parents or educators to start working with children to see auras? What would that look like? Okay. The, the first thing I would say to any parent is listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very simple thing. Listen, because so many parents don't listen. So first thing. Okay. The second thing is to, if you want to see an aura from your child, you can do this, but what you would need to do, I would take a picture of the child and I would look at the picture and I would learn how to understand that. How I teach people to see auras is a bit like those 3D photographs. You, you ever seen them and they like they stand out if you look at them just slightly off. Well, an aura, the first thing you'll see is the white outline of a person. And the white energy is the pure energy that is hasn't split. It's just the outline, which is white. And all you'll see is the white shadow around the child. You keep looking and you just pull back just a touch, just lose that focus a touch, and that light will split. And it will split into the colors that the child has in the different areas of their body. So you'll start to do that. I would always, I teach people to start off, and people used to laugh at me. I used to say, and I, I said this on an American broadcast once, and they, they just didn't stop laughing. I said, get a pot plant. And they thought, I meant get some cannabis, right? But get, yeah, yeah, no, get a house plant. Yeah. And check out a house plant against a white background, and you'll see the lime green energy from the plant. Then you can go up a stage, go and look at your dog, your cat. Have a look mm-hmm. at that. Again, same principle, dogs laying there, fast asleep. You'll start to pick out the aura. Then check out your child, check out your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, or whatever, and just have a look when they're peaceful. If they stand still for long enough, because all I do when I look at a photograph is I get that picture stood still, that time capsule. That helps me because I have to catch the energy if they're in front of me. I have to watch it as it spins and dives off in lots of different directions. So so if you've got a picture, you can see that person at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start to learn the actual relationships between the colors and the emotions and the personal's physicality and really where they are, what they, what they would need to do to improve that. So the, the photograph is a great way of me being able to suspend time just for that second and look. And I would always say, if you're a parent, do that, take pictures, but you can practice on a pot plant because I've never seen a pot plant run away across a room. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's keeping it in one place so you can see it for long enough. And don't lose your concentration. If you get tired, come back. But, right. but just, just be, be, be honest with yourself and just be there and be in time. And, and the other way I teach people is use your own hand. Hold oh. your hand out in front of you. 
focus on the forefinger of your hand and look at the aura as it starts to actually build. And you'll start to see it that way too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Beautiful. Wow. This has been some 50 minute session today. Um, (laughs) I really, really super want to thank you for your time, for being here with us. Um, and people can reach you. Do you want to share? Because I'm going to put all the links on the website anyway, but go ahead. Thanks, Aaron. It's been really nice for me as well. So I mean, we have so much in common, and I've really enjoyed your company, and thank you for for opening your your um you know podcast for me to come and do this. Um, if anyone wants to come and talk to me, um mindsight.org, M-Y-N-D-S-I-T-E org. You know, there's a little contact form on there. Send me a question. I'm happy to talk to anyone. One of my principles is I make time for everyone because I think that time is there for everyone. I don't, I don't limit it. If I, if I'm there, I'm there, and I'll talk to you. Please come and ask anything you want to know. Um, if you want to come and look at my um, podcast, which is now starting to build, <laughs> it's twisted and misunderstood on your podcast provider. And we talk about things as diverse from, as I said, um, psychic energy, how to learn you know, your own abilities, how to them all the way through to things like soul to soul communication, which you may not have come across. And I will discuss that on there. And so just I'm here. and I'm yeah. always available if people want to come have a chat. Absolutely. And it's a fascinating podcast. I, you know, I found myself going deeper and deeper into it. And like, Oh, we have so much to talk about besides aura. I can hardly wait to talk to you. So with that, I am so grateful that you came today and I want everybody to listen to this. So I'm going to market the, you know, what out of this and <laughs> come to you and get an auric reading and just begin the exploration. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today with us. Thank thank you, Ellen. My pleasure. All right. Thank you.